Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is a son of Bishop Daguid Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Makaras Church Teshi in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dag Heward Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. I'm 
us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that it's a day of deliverance, a day of restoration, a day of recovery. It's also a day of advancement because of your spirit here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together as you take your seats. Today I'm um, planning to end the series on those who are offended. Amen. Those who are offended. How many of you have been blessed? Oh, none, none of you have been blessed. How many of you have made some changes to your lives, to your decision making? How many of you have seen that things are not as serious as you thought they were? And how many of you have seen that when you let things go quickly, it's better for you? How many of you have also been frightened, a bit frightened about the danger of offense? Yeah. I have been frightened. Especially as I see how uh, when you've not recovered from your head, where it can lead you to. And how you should be offended by saying not. One day there was a husband and wife, elderly couple, maybe in their late 60s. They were having a nice time of love, playing Ludo. Husband and wife should play Ludo sometimes. And husband should make sure he cheats his wife. It's, it's, a, it's a part of Ludo. But the head cannot lose. So, as they were playing the Ludo, I think the husband tried to cheat his wife a bit, which is to be expected. Then the wife freaked out. Why have you moved, uh, you uh, played five, but you've counted six, something. Then the husband said, no, I didn't count six. You have a back and forth. This is how you are. You've always been doing this since you got married. This is what you've been doing. And this is that. And then the last time, this is what you do. Hey, me, you are talking to me this way. Hey, this is that. Divorce. <coughs> Through playing Ludo. You see, like I said, eh, remember that what made you offended, the foundation is love. That's why, you see, when elderly couples grow to a point, they stop playing Ludo, they stop doing that, because, you see, that, see, that love act is your demise. Mm. So I think that this series I've preached on it, maybe if there's one thing it should teach you is to be calm and to cool down and not be too reactive and to just be flowing. You see, and you see that the Bible says that if we follow on, then we will know that he's going forth. You, that you know, if you follow on to know, that he's going forth is prepared as the morning. When you calm down and you sort of flow, you will learn the benefits in whatever it is that you went through. Amen. For example, some of us, the only reason why we are going through bad things is because we are too hard. And God wants to soften you up for the blessing he has ahead of you. Maybe there's an A1 brother coming, but the way you are as of now, you sack any man who comes. Like, as for you there, you don't know how to forgive. Like, action and reaction are equal and opposite. You are like Isaac Newton. Action and reaction are equal and opposite, which is correct and it's factual, but it's not always true. 
You see, so maybe God is giving you one tragedy after another so that by the time the good man comes, you'll be soft enough to receive him. But the way you are now, if it comes, you'll be like a hard wall. When the ball hits it, boy, like a squash, a squash wall, boy, so God needs you to become soft, like sea sand, that when the ball lands on you, you will receive it. Amen. So I pray that we will all be instructed and blessed not to be offended because part of life is to be offended. Amen. That is why the older people, when they were even going to marry, they'll just do arranged marriage. What you see is what you get. <laughs> because this type of, I want to see him and fall in love first. You go in with too much expectations that are not realistic. Mm. Today, I want to end by sharing with you with, about how to protect yourself from being offended. How to protect yourself from being offended. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. And today is a communion service because the Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Because you see, when you do life longer, that you, will, you will learn that the real blessings that come from anything are all spiritual. Yeah, because I tell you, you know, like one brother told me, as he were preaching, I got moved because my wife had offended me terribly. So as you were preaching, the devil is bad though. See, as you were preaching, the message was for me. Everything, especially when you give that first stage of offense is withdrawal. I could see that I was in it. So in the middle of the service, I took decisions. How to reverse it, reconcile, this, that, that. Then when I went home, Huh? Things were worse than before I even came to church. Then I forgot the message. Everything, all the decisions are taken. Everything I didn't know. <laughs> That's what the Bible said. Be not ignorant of his devices. Because all the good plans he has made in church, eh? When he went home, what he saw, huh? He forgot everything. So like I was saying last week, the problem is not all, the benefit is not now. And the message is being preached live. You can relate with it. It is realistic. You can see how it's affecting you. No. Somewhere April, May next year. Is it when a new theme for the year has come, you are preaching different messages, this, that, and then offense is not so much on your mind. Ah, then the enemy creeps in. So may this message continually ring in our ears. Continually ring in our ears to deliver us. John chapter 16 verse 1. How to protect yourself from being offended. Because Jesus Christ said the offenses will come. But by the time they are coming, you should be protected. Like a bulletproof vest. This message is like a bulletproof vest. It means the bullet will be fired at you. But by the time it arrives, you should be wearing a bulletproof vest. 
Say bulletproof vest. Is it that what the Bible also says that, well, those on Facebook, we are saying hello, we know you are there. Also get your communion ready so that um, you can be part of it at the end of the service. John 16, 1. All those on Facebook, please share it to your year group WhatsApp page as people that are sharing things that are not convenient. You to share things that are convenient. Amen. So take, take some 10, 15 seconds, share this link to your school group, your WhatsApp group, your work group, your gossiping group, your gossiping group to share it with them. Amen. John 16, 1. Jesus Christ said, These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. In other versions of the Bible, it doesn't say offended. It says that you should not fall away or you should not fall down. But as for the offense, yeah, they will come. You see, but Jesus is saying that I've told you these things so that when the offense comes, you shouldn't fall. Because see, the offense will come, but you should not fall. And remember that the offense that is making you fall, somebody went through the same offense, but he didn't fall. So grow up and be stronger. You know? Like some people say that, why did you commit adultery? Because my wife doesn't have whatever with me. Ah, what about those who are not married at all? What should they also do? It is so rise up and be strong. Amen. Amen. And I see God blessing you. Amen. Offended people are usually badly hurt. <laughs> How many of you have been badly hurt before? Badly. <laughs> Many of us sharing a scripture with those of you who joined the flow prayer meeting about the beast that had a deadly wound. Not just a wound, a deadly wound. And the Bible says that, and he was healed from his wound. He was recovered from his wound. And the whole world wandered after it. You see, when you are able to recover from your wound, when you are able to overcome, when you are able to survive, people wonder after you. The Bible says of God that thou hast forgiveness that men may fear you. Because sometimes even you yourself, when you see what you have done and how when you prayed, God answered your prayer. You say, honestly, because what you, what you have done, eh, if you were God, you wouldn't even forgive yourself. You wouldn't forgive you. So for God to have overlooked it and so forgiven you, and that you, you, you prayed, he still answered. After not paying your tithe for three months, you were in a financial crisis. He said, Lord, please remember your disobedient daughter. Then suddenly your phone uh, beeped. Somebody has sent you mobile money. They say, oh God, thank you. I won't do that again. Meanwhile, that 500, you still didn't pay tithe on it all. But when you see how God was able to overcome how you treated him, it makes you fear him more. So today I just want to share with you a few things. That even if you are badly hurt, maybe somebody has misused you, mistreated you, lied to you, swindled you. Maybe the things your husband told you he would do for you after you marry him. He has not done any. You feel cheated. If you swindle, you have to forgive. What would you do? You are married already. Maybe you are badly hurt. 
maybe you are on uh, offended people are hurting from things that have happened to them. You see, the thing about offense is that it is not theoretical. See, I wish it were theoretical so I could tell you that, look, it's nothing. But it's something. You married a wife to cook when you go home, she has not cooked. And even the one you cook, she has eaten it. <laughs> She's the one who cook. Oh. She didn't cook. The one you have come to cook, you went to bath and come so that the food will cool down. By the time you came, she has eaten it and put the plate in the sink and not washed it. That's when you will see whether you are born again or not. <laughs> Bishop says, offense is unavoidable. Unavoidable on the journey of life. There are several things that Jesus mentioned in his discourse to the disciples that will also protect you from becoming offended. You should understand that offense is heading directly for you. Just stay in the church long enough. Pastor Samuel will offend you. In fact, recently, recently he said something. Why? Why have you been offending people? I thought I was going to say I offend you. No, him. Recently, he told me something. I became very proud of him, but I didn't say anything. He said he had a shepherd's meeting. No, no, no. One of the shepherds was telling me that they had a shepherd's meeting. And Pastor Samuel poured water on them. In church, oh. And afterwards, he told them that the reason why I poured water on you was to see whether you would be offended. When I heard, I said, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I said, it's very good training. When we see that your face has changed, you've disqualified yourself. What's going on on this side? I'm not understanding them. Like when I'm preaching, they are preaching something else there. I will become offended though. First Peter 4 1. For as much then as Christ suffered in the flesh for us, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You see, you should arm yourself. You should prepare yourself with a mind that offense will come. You see, I wish I could tell you offense won't come. I wish I could tell myself that I would not be offended. You see, but I've decided that when I read this book that I will expect to be offended from everybody. I will expect, like, when, I'm, when I see Sharon, I'll say, look, when is she going to offend me? Not will she, when? And if today she doesn't offend me, I'll do the sign of the cross. I say, okay, maybe next week. <laughs> if it never cancel, we meet in heaven, praise God. But if it happened before we meet in heaven, tell her, I expected it anyway. See, and like I was saying, we get offended because we didn't expect that person in particular. And that's why the Bible says the wounds of a friend, sometimes it is depending who is your friend who will offend you, not your enemy. He said, if the wounds were from my enemy, I would have been able to bear it. But my friend, my own familiar friend, 
Who did eat of my bread? We ate kenke and fish together. And who do you eat with more than your spouse? Your brothers or your sisters? The closer somebody is to you, the more likely it is that they will be the one to offend you. Bishop says, no one is offended by good things and nice things. No one is offended when good things are happening. When somebody praises you, it won't make you offended. But when the truth of your badness is exposed to you, you say, how dare he? Who does he think he is? The church will even come again. And anybody I brought to the church, I'll tell the person that I made a mistake. Let's go to Roman. <laughs> Bad experiences always offend people and can easily turn them into traitors and disloyal people. Matthew 24, 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. You see, that's why you should be careful not to make people offended with you. If there's something you know you are going to do that can make somebody offended with you, be careful. <laughs> because people will react emotionally, not according to principles. People will forget everything you've done for them. Because of what you've done, for, you've done against them today, they'll forget everything you've done for them for the last 10 years. So be careful. That's human nature. Today I was reading about the crucifixion of Jesus. I was sad. The Bible says when they let him out, they gave him vinegar mixed with men. Have you drunk vinegar before? They gave Jesus vinegar. Wicked people, though. But the Bible says that, but he received it not. You see, then I saw that it's not everything that is given to you you should receive. If somebody is giving you offense, don't receive it. If somebody wants to make you hate him, don't receive it. It's not everything they gave to Jesus that he received. The thing that he knew would harm him, he rejected it. It's not everything, especially offense. When it is being given to you, don't receive it. Like Jesus said, they know not what they do. And then move on. Otherwise, it will worry you. First way to protect yourself from being offended. Jesus said, arm yourself with this mind. One, first ammunition. Expect, not hope it won't come on. Expect an experience of pressure and trouble and don't let it offend you or affect you when it comes. Expect some pressure or some trouble. Is it like, as I'm here, that mind that my wife is so nice that she'll never offend me, it has flown out of my mind. Every day I expect her to offend me. If not Monday, then Tuesday. She cried, what's her tree name? I don't know. Hey, it's true, I should ask her. Maybe she will be offended. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she will offend you on the day she was born. I don't know. But I expect it. 
So these days, when she does something I don't like, it doesn't even bother me again. I don't know if it's a good thing. But it doesn't bother me at all. One day, she and Pastor Samuel, they ganged up against me. My assistant pastor in the church and my assistant pastor at home. <laughs> they ganged up against me. Hey! I was not happy at all. So I marked them. Bible says, mark them that cause division and avoid them. So here, here my wife, he was trying to call division between my wife and I. So I marked them. So I took it. It's in my family home plan. <laughs> it's in my family home plan. At the we go, I'll divide your ranks. So the next time we were working together somewhere, I said, uh, every day I go with my wife, Father Samuel will not be there. If I'm there with Father Samuel, my wife will not be there. Finish. Tower of Babel type of revelation. <laughs> I learned from God how to divide people who have ganged up against you. So one day, I took a decision with Father Samuel on this side. Then another time, I was there alone with my wife. Then she said, we can do this and this and this. I said, okay. Then I never told Father Samuel to do it. Tower of Babel revelation. I've divided them. But you see, I'm expecting trouble, pressure. I'm expecting something that will be unhappy. Look, you see, you see, that's why when people join the church, you see, Apostle, your message today, ah, if I'd met you five years ago, my life would have been different. I just look at them and say, wow, we thank God. Then I tell myself in my head, in a year's time, I wonder if this person will be talking like this, eh? If you wonder next week, Sunday, the person will be in church. It's a different discussion. Because I'm expecting that as long as I continue to relate with you, there will be some pressure. There will be some trouble. Expect it. Don't see me as a nice person. See me as a human being, which I am. John 16, Jesus said, these things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In Christ, though, it is Jesus Christ that you may have peace. But think about it. This same Jesus, John the Baptist was offended with him. This same Jesus. The one who say in me you will have peace, oh. It tells you that anything and everything will find a way to offend everybody. By all means, everybody, even Jesus, even Jesus, he offended John the Baptist. Or John the Baptist was offended by him. He said, in me, you will have peace. Then he said, in the world. How many of you are in the world? If you are in the world, please give me a wave of your hand. Oh, if you are in the world, give me a wave. Like you are on earth. My sister, you are on Jupiter? Mars? Oh no, because she didn't raise her hand. Maybe I didn't know if I was not on earth or I was just trying to confirm. <laughs> he said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus is teaching us how to overcome offense by being of good cheer. Be happy. Always be happy. You know, when I fell sick, one of the medical students told me, in medicine, we have a saying, a happy man is a healthy man. Yeah. 
Then Bishop told me, be careful of depression. Fight it with everything that you have. Yes. Last week, the doctors told me, through happiness, they said, go off the medication, you are healed. Yes. He said, be of good cheer. You see, and that struck me that in all the months I was sick, I never said anything negative against God. I said, this is good for me. It's for my benefit. God is working out something. So you complain too much. He said, be of good cheer. Some of you, we know, when they send me the pictures on Sunday, I only choose those who are smiling. I'm telling you the truth. I don't want people to think that, hey, this church, if you go there, you suffer. <laughs> Some of you never smile. The man who wants to marry you has a lot of trouble already. He needs somebody to be a stress reliever, not a multiplication of tribulation. Number two. Hmm. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you tribulation or peace? Ask the So why don't you smile more? Hmm. Number two. Expect an experience of pageant and don't let it offend you. If you are doing something wrong and we say what you are doing is wrong, don't let it affect you. Let it let the evil go out of you. The Bible says it is not within a man to direct his own path. It's somebody watching you who will tell you that what you are doing is wrong. It's somebody watching you that will tell you that, look, the way you are behaving, it will lead to a good place. This is what the Bible says. I am the vine and my father is the husband's man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes it away. Now look at what he says. He says that every branch in me that is bearing fruit, he purges it. Purging, if you do God one of the first things you do to make your plants uh, grow well is to cut things away. The cutting of things away is meant to make the thing grow bigger and better and nicer and to flower. When you are left in your purging, you see, one of the things that that, that purging that it cuts away dead branches. Because, you see, as the branch is dying, nutrients are still going to it. When you see it dying, it's more external than internal. You see, so even though it's dying on the outside, it is so attached to the uh, tree. So nutrients will still be going to a path that is dead. Wasting the nutrients. So when you cut it, it doesn't go there. Now the nutrients go to the place that are bearing fruit to make it more fruitful. So when you are in the church and you are bearing fruit, that's why when you come, you start as nothing. You stay in the church. After some months, based on how faithful you are, they say, oh, let us prune a bit. Let it become a shepherd. Now, instead of going home at noon, now, oh, stay for shepherd school. Now, we are cutting out some of the useless television watching. <laughs> useless UEFA cap that your team Manchester United will lose anyway. <laughs> say amen. amen. Useless Qatar World Cup, Ukraine versus uh, Mali. If you create a Malia player, no, no, if I won't bang, how would that help you? 
So in order for you to bear forth fruit, we will help you to manage your time so that your time is spent on fruitful activities. I mean, this is, I ask myself that if Lionel Messi or Lionel Messi, what was the guy's name? Why do I need to know the team he plays for? How, how does it affect me? Where he's earning his million, that, does he give me some? And does he know me? So why do I have to know him? But some of you, you know his name, his wife's name, his two children, their names. You know the uh, school he went to and the school he went to. And even the name of his agent. But when we ask you, what is John 14, 1? You say, when I came to this church, they were worrying me. When I came to this church, they were worrying me. That John 14, where we ask you, they are worrying me. This church, if you go there, they, they will be asking you, what is John 14, 1? They will be asking you, what is John 14, 1? We want you to bear forth much fruit. So we are cutting out the time you are wasting. Then we'll look at your friends. Huh? On your WhatsApp status, what type of person have you put there? What type of, what, what, what type of sketch length is that? We are helping to manage your relationship. Let me tell you something. If you are looking for a church where they will worry you, eh, you've come to the wrong church. Oh. Yeah. Didn't Jesus go and sort out a Peter's, not Peter's wife, his mother-in-law was added to the problems to be solved in the church. Who we'll come and say, look, this thing you are doing and this boy you are following is not compatible with Christ. I'll give you some advice here. If you want to follow boys who are not compatible in Christ, sit by the door. Huh? When church ends, you just go. Nobody worry you. But if you want to bear much fruit for God, as you should as a Christian, we will ask you. Because depending on the boy you marry, you may even leave Christ. Do you know the problems we solve on a day-to-day basis? Women who are going to attach themselves to Satan and now want to leave Satan, but Satan has now left his seed in them. So when we see, see many girls who had problems, they say, Apostle, Use my testimony as a preaching something. <laughs> yes. Use my testimony to preach. Because the person can see how common it is for Satan to spoil a good person. So we we'll look at your friends. You think boys like you because you are a pretty face. Do you know how many pretty faces are in the world? When there is a season of pageant, many people are cleared out of the system. God believes in pageant. You must also believe in pageant. It helps you to bring forth much fruit. Because you see, many of us, we don't know what is good for us. The word of God is therefore, the Bible says, like a hammer. It breaks things you don't want to break. It burns things you don't want to burn. It drives away, it cuts away things you don't want to cut away. Jesus Christ said, it is better for you to cut off your right hand Purge your right hand out of your body. The one you are using to text that girl. It's not the girls chasing boys. So boys also chase girls. Maybe you don't know. Cut that. One day, my, I wanted to buy my uh, children a phone. Smartphone. They said, no. We've seen that our friends who have smartphones, they're always in trouble. 
So they themselves told me, no. Then my son said he had a dream and the Holy Spirit told him, no smartphone until you are six, 16. Yes. I said, okay, I respect it. He told me, I want to buy it. I said, no, don't buy it for me. It's not good for me. Yeah. I said, no smartphone. I said, the Holy Spirit told me, purging out communication with the world. Look, you see, when you come to God, eh, expect purging that you don't like. Cutting off your right hand is not a good thing in the natural, but it's a good thing in the spirit. And Jesus Christ said, it's better for you to go to heaven having purged out your right hand than without purging. Let me ask you, how would you purge out or how would you cut your right hand? Don't you need another person to cut out your right hand for you? When you come to church, Father, someone may do that for you. eh? (laughs) Number three, an experience of hatred expected from the well that will affect you. Many, you know, many of you, when you go to their office, the way your unbeliever colleagues relate with you, it can affect you. You know, and the devil makes Christianity look boring, bad, unattractive. Ah! But after relating with both Christians and unbelievers, I tell you, I don't have a reason. Just common sense. I don't have a reason why I should be an unbeliever. I don't have one. Unbelievers are the saddest people in the world. Pretending to be happy. Their marriages are not working. Oh, yes. The nicest marriages I've seen are all seriously born again Christians. One day, I went to do marriage counseling. By the time I finished, the born again sister was the one counseling me. I said, ah, very good. I was going to teach her. Not unbelievers. In my life, there's no unbeliever. I was going to do marriage counseling, how a wife should be more exciting. I went away with notes. Notes. Can you imagine... A wife in her bedroom doing pole dancing for her husband. Oh, yes. No unbelievers who born again. The unbelievers will only be watching it on movies and going to strip joints. But the born again husbands, they are lying in their beds in their bedroom enjoying pleasures. Job 39 11. If they obey me and serve me, Sharon, you should learn pole dancing. You, know. <laughs> you, are, you are laughing. She's, she's, she's laughing at me. Come after church, I'll teach you how to do pole dancing. <laughs> By next Sunday, your husband will be sitting in church. Sharon, if you have to say anything again. <laughs> Job 39 11. If they obey me and serve me, they shall spend their days in prosperity. And there are years in pleasures. These are the two things we all want in life. Prosperity and pleasures. Number. Ah. But in the world, when you interact with the world, you prefer people. Oh, you prefer people or shun them. Ah. Meanwhile, their lives are sad. Oh, one day I did a marriage seminar and they broadcast it live. Oh, there are people who came for counseling. 
We are divorcing. My husband is divorcing me. I'm divorcing and my husband's family. Plenty. Meanwhile, when I meet the born again people, it's more for what other exciting thing can we add? We don't talk about divorce. We talk about what can we add? The 49th chamber of Shaolin and the 50th chamber of Shaolin and other important experiences. Thank you for the encouragement. Number four. <laughs> Next thing to expect to protect yourself from being offended and fallen. Expect to be hated without a cause. You have not done anything. You see, Christians expect too much good. Christians expect to live in heaven on earth. But we are on earth, not in heaven. And Christianity has changed because the born again Christians are expecting everything to be okay. But Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation. In your marriage, you will have tribulation. In your office, you will have tribulation. With your siblings, you will have tribulation. With your children, you will have tribulation. Expect it. One day I saw one one of our pastors with six children. All of them are pastors. I said, Apostle Kingsley, please pray for me. He said, "Ah, it's it's by the grace of God. I was talking to Archbishop Patrick Bruce. All his children are missionaries and married to lady pastors. I said, Archbishop, how did it do? He says, just by the grace of God. What greater joy will it be that all your children know God and are in their ministry? So when I look at other people's children, I told the uh, pastors of the children that I want all the children to become pastors one day. Because the way the world is going in, if we say they should, they, should, they should become pastors and they even fail, they'll become committed Christians. But if we say they should remain as committed Christians, what can happen to them? So I said, by the age of 12, I will start appointing children's pastors. By the age of 12, you become a pastor. Oh, yes. And already, I have two children shepherds. Hmm? You see, so that you, you begin to know God from an early age. So this Christmas, I said, we should have a children's party with bouncy, is it bouncy castles or bouncing castles? Which of them is it? Me, I didn't jump on any of those things as a child, so I don't know their name. Bouncy, not bouncing. But they bounce on it. Whatever it is, that colorful thing, they blow. We will have one, and I explained to them that not, not because I'm interested in bouncy castles, but I want the children to grow up learning that church is a good experience. That church is a good place they should want to go to. To my shock, the adults said they don't want to be left out. We should make it a party for the whole church. So that, so we've decided that it will be a Christmas costume party. Yes, yes. You see, the adults also need to see church as a nice place. Not a place where when you go, they say, don't be offended, don't be offended, don't be offended, don't be offended, be, be loyal, don't be offended, be loyal, don't be offended. No, the adults should also enjoy church. So some of you, some have decided to dress as, you see, elks. They wear uh, three branches and miniskirts. Only that, you see, there are people who are not allowed to wear miniskirts. They say they'll dress as elk. No, elk is miniskirts you wear. 
but, but, but they have to wear trousers under their baby skirts. They won't say amen. They won't say amen. 27th December. We are having a um, Christmas costume party. Here, here, here. Look, the way the economy is here, just take advantage and come here for the Christmas party because you can't go out anywhere. Ekufado has locked down the country, so. We'll be here from 10 a.m. So you drop. Mm. Some will dress as elk, some will dress as Father Christmas. That day, Father Samuel will be very gentle. He'll be Father Christmas. Yes. <laughs> oh, you are clapping, clapping. So, you see, you don't even know how to be happy. You are saying Christmas. Since you were born, you haven't gone for a costume party before. Instead of seeing that this is my chance to dress as uh, Santa Claus. Or, look, please, oh, if you don't have Christmas costume, just wear green or red or yellow. Then it's Christmas. Then you buy one CD hat on the road. Is there one CD hat? The one with the light in front there. Is it one CD? How much? Ten CDs. If you don't have, have ten CDs, come and see Father Steve. He'll give you ten CDs. Then you wear it and come. And we'll be happy. And uh, play Ludo. If you are playing with me, I'll cheat you. I promise you. If I'm playing the Ludo with you, I'll cheat you. I'm telling you in, in advance. Because the pastor cannot lose. And other games, I... Now, here the brothers say they'll play um, FIFA. Uh-huh. Millionaires, they don't know. They'll be playing their games with them. Man. But it's for happiness. You see, don't, don't let your being in the world and the experiences affect you. Within the world, be of good cheer. Find things that will cheer you up. That's why, please, if you're going to marry a girl and you see that she's not cheerful, change your mind. Change your mind. A girl who is not cheerful, she doesn't laugh. Count how many times she laughs in a day. <laughs> Count the number of times she laughs in a day. If it's too few, then change your mind. Find somebody who is always laughing, always happy. So that when there's even tribulation in the house, there'll be happiness. Because the person who is not laughing when there's no tribulation, when there's tribulation, what will happen? Yes. Find a cheerful person to marry. The Bible says when a man marries, he shouldn't go to war for one year. He should stay at home that he may cheer up. They really cheer up. See, cheer is important. The first fruit of the spirit is joy. First fruit, joy, happiness. Yes, so people who are not... See, and when a woman smiles to her, count the number of teeth you see. I'm serious. You see, you are laughing, you know. But I'm not laughing. Count some people, when they laugh, you only see two teeth in front. It's not a real laughter. See the one that they're laughing. <laughs> you can see the person's throat. Ah, that is the person to marry. That is the person. Ah, the person laughs uncontrollably. That is the person. One day I saw a brother. I gave him one of these uncontrollable laughing girls. Ah, come and see excuses. I don't know when or if you marry. Number four. <laughs> Number four. Hatred without a cause will offend you. Don't let it affect you. John 15, 24. Jesus said, If I had not done among them 
the works which none other man did, though that had no son. But now, they have both seen and hated both me and my father. You see, what you should also learn about hatred is, hatred is not limited to you. One day there was somebody. Everything I do seems to bring a problem. And one day I said, ah, but what have I done to him? Why does he hate you? I don't know. What have I done to him? Don't let it affect you. Just see it as part of being in the world. Maybe it's your boss in the office. You never seem to be able to make him happy. Just tell yourself that maybe may uh, you look like his wife. Uh-huh. And so, it's not about you. But when he sees you, he remembers his pain. That's why nothing works. Or maybe you look like some man who swindled him some years ago. When you see that you are hated without a cause, don't let it affect you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible says they hated him without a cause. But this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Sometimes in life, people will hate you without a cause. A colleague in the office. You have not done anything. The person just doesn't like you. Now, should I share a revelation with you? Yeah. You too. There are people you meet who have not done anything to you. You too, you don't like them. Is it true or not true? That's the way you see that they've not even spoken to you. Like, you just passed by them in the mall. You said, oh, yeah, this person should get out. What did the person done to you? You too. Somebody sees you. That's what the Bible says that in this world, you will have tribulation. But cheer up, cheer up. That's how it is. Cheer up. Cheer up. That's how it is. Cheer up. And let me tell you something. Sometimes, it's not that the person doesn't like you, but Satan has influenced the person's mind. It's not even about that. So that's why you be careful not to react to people. Try and see Satan influencing the person. That's why when Peter rebuked Jesus, Jesus turned and addressed Satan. Not Peter. That's why he told Peter. See, he said both Satan and Peter. He said, Satan, get thee behind me. Then he said, Peter, when you have recovered, strengthen your brethren. Satan will make you do this bad thing and then leave you there as Peter. So be careful that you don't react to Peter as Satan permanently. When is Satan? Deal with Satan. But remember that Peter is not Satan. Remember that Peter is not Satan. Don't lose your beloved because Satan temporarily influenced your beloved. Satan will influence Peter, but Peter is still Peter. That's why when David went to sleep with Bathsheba, when the prophet was speaking to him, he said, ah, one day a visitor came to visit a man. See, sin is a visitor. It doesn't stay. It comes and goes. So when somebody sins, don't treat the visitor as a permanent guest. Sin comes and goes. So be able to tolerate people's sins. Be able to tolerate people's shortcomings, knowing that it's Satan making them do it. Not that they are bad people. Do you know how I know? Because when you also sin, you don't see yourself as a bad person. Ah. But when it is somebody, the person is a bad person. But when you sin, it's Satan that made you sin. 
Last but one point. An experience of persecution will offend you and affect you. But don't let it make you fall. You see, one of the frightening scriptures in the Bible is where he said that. For if ye do not forgive, neither will your heavenly father also forgive you your sins. It is in your supreme interest to forgive. The person who benefits most from forgiveness is you, the person who has forgiven. Because the Bible says that unless you plan not to sin till you die, and unless you find a way, I don't know how you do it, but unless you find a way that all your past sins, you will forgive yourself. Like, unless you can find a way where you won't need God. Uh-huh. But if you know you will sin, then be careful. Because other people too are sinning just like you. But if you won't forgive, then your father too won't forgive you. Be careful lest you die in your sins because you won't forgive. Another Friday scripture said, He that has judged without mercy shall himself also be judged without mercy. So learn to let things go. When Saul died and someone was mourning, God came to someone and said, For how long will you mourn over Saul? There comes a time when no matter the crisis, let it go. Otherwise, you will destroy yourself. John 15, 20, Jesus said, Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. As you remain in the world, I mean, last year we're here when uh, Apostle General went to crack a small joke that he had given his daughter one million dollars. Just a little joke. Like, you cannot joke in Ghana again, no? You cannot joke in Ghana again. A little joke he went to crack. Made a big uh, poster. I'm giving my daughter one million dollars for her wedding. Hey! Next week, no, G. GRA has written, um, we want to help you to regularize your tax obligations. <laughs> be careful. You can be offended in Ghana. I pay my property rate. I pay my uh, land rent. I pay this. I pay this. Why have they done the road? Why have they done the road? The government can come after you. Your boss can come after you. Maybe you are in your office. The, uh, the personal massager of the boss doesn't like you. Personal massager of the boss. Me, I thought, well, when you see your boss's side check, respect her. Your boss's driver. These are the two most important people in an office. The side check and the driver. These two. If you quarrel with them, eh, you, you lose your job. You lose your job. The side check and the driver are more important than the board chairman. <laughs> because when they are driving their boss home, that's where the boss gets to know everything going on in the office. Always make the boss's driver your friend. He will talk some for you. In the car. That's where the company decisions are taken. In the car going home. And then the other ah, personal massager. Share. What she says, that's what is believed though. Because everybody, the person who makes you happy, you love the person. When something has failed, we say, but my darling, you see Mr. Nkrumah, he's very hard working. 
But the other staff don't like him at all because he's very loyal to you. Really? Yes, my darling. <laughs> yes, my darling. There's a lot of things going on in the office you don't know about. Mr. Kuma is the most hardworking person. He does all the work, and the other people, when they see you coming, you are she, she's the side chicken. They do the least work. Huh. You'll be there, they'll promote her, but you go and greet her in the morning. I'm telling you. If you like yourself, go and greet her. And the driver, too. On his birthday, give him gifts. You'll always be promoted in the office. Number six. Ah, there's a serious one. An experience of rejection. Protect yourself from rejection. Protect yourself from the spirit of rejection. One prophet said, the spirit of rejection is one of the strongest demons. Oh, that's why sometimes when people, when girls are bounced in a relationship, sometimes they can't recover from the spirit of rejection. That's why I tell girls, when you are in a relationship, don't sleep with the person, you know, because the day they reject you, when you sleep with the person, it feels worse. One day I tried to give a girl to a boy. Oh, she never slept with him. Never kissed him. Nothing. When the guy began to be, she just said, Rev, this is too work. I want to just stop it. I said, oh, let's give it a try. Let's do this. It can't work. He said, I don't think so. I don't think so. This guy, I don't think he likes me. Too. I don't like him. He should go. I said, oh, are you sure? You see, but I saw that because she had not done anything bad with it, it was easy. Oh, but those who have done something bad, you see, they are even beating her. Uh, you know, it was my fault that he slapped me. It was my fault. It was my fault. I, I didn't speak nicely that day. And he was even already angry. So it was my fault that he slapped me. Is that your fault that he slapped you? Is the sleeping you slept with him that is keeping you in? <laughs> what does it not true, eh? Okay, you don't be minding me. <laughs> they shall put you out of their synagogues. John 16, 2. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think he doeth God's service. Oh, but you know, be careful of the spirit of rejection. Eh? You are in a church. They seem to be calling people for meetings. You, they don't call you. Mm-mm. They don't like me. Mm. This church, they say if you are not one. <laughs> one day, I was accused that if you are not rich, apostle won't talk to you. I said me. They said yes. But then I said, but who in the church is rich? <laughs> who in the church is rich? Who? No, because I when I heard that I became a bit like, hey, really, is it true? I said, ah, but who is rich? Only one person you see is Badia's car. <laughs> who is rich? The fact that you are poor doesn't mean that somebody is rich. <laughs> you see that you are in the church. Everybody's getting married. 
Wedding bells, wedding bells. They say, hey God, am I not in the same church? And then sometimes, you look, what I got to say, just laugh and continue. Sometimes, because it's like the thing is affecting you, just, yeah, wedding bells. You want to fight the feeling by shouting. Just laugh and let me continue preaching so that nobody will know it's you. But you know, recently something happened there. It's, 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 it really affected me. I announced someone's wedding and then somebody texted me on the side and said, with the person's picture, everything, said, Apostle, I wish I had waited. I was so broken. Because you see, sometimes you meet God on the journey of life when you've made too many mistakes already. That's why I see the girls, me, I'm advising you again, whether you mind me or not, I don't care. Try not to sleep with men. No. It will ultimately destroy your life. Because you see, men will move on, but you will see that you are stuck. Men will move on, no, but you will see that you are stuck. They've left you at where they met you and they've moved on. One day, you know, please try and believe that no matter how extreme the story I'm saying is, is true. There was a man. He was sleeping. He got some small girl, slept with her. When it was time to marry, her parents said no. So they decided that they'll get her pregnant. If she gets pregnant, the parents will agree. So they started to try to get her pregnant. One month, two months, three months. Then the man said, mm. Girl, eh. it won't work. Then he decided that he would just sleep with her. After all, the pregnancy will come and go and marry another person. So he went to get another girl and rejected the first one. You will not believe the story. On his way to the engagement of the new girl, he passed by the first girl's house to sleep with her. Bah! She was pregnant. So now, because he impregnated the second girl to make sure that that one will work. So now, two girls are pregnant for him. Here in Accra. <laughs> oh, if I mention the man's name, you know him. The first girl felt so rejected. Ooh, in order to convince her so that she was normal, she gave herself to any Tom, Dick, and Harry. You see, so when I advise you, do not sleep with men as the Bible says. It's from what I've seen before. But you see, it's okay. You can say that. After all, G- Jesus Christ said, you can hear my voice and disobey it. Look, Jesus doesn't mind if you disobey him. Oh. He just said, the person who hears my words and doesn't obey, it's a fool. That's all. But he can continue disobeying me. You pay a high price. You see, yesterday I was talking to a Bishop Kakra. And that's what we're talking. We're saying that, look, the charismatic church is here. We are leading people to hell. And he asked that, why do you think it is so? And I said, oh, I think it's because we, the pastors, have tried to take the place of God in the lives of people. Instead of leading people to know God, it's like, 
Come to me for counsel. Come to me for prayer. Come to me for deliverance. Deliverance is not laying of hand that brings deliverance. It's the truth that will make you free. But when you come to church, what do you hear? Oh, God is blessing you this week. God is uh, giving you mobile money. God is, do you think the most important thing to God is your mobile money? Honestly, let's be serious. We are leading people away from God to ourselves. And we are not making people know God for themselves. And Jesus said, on that day, is the person who knows me who enters. Then he said he had a friend. The friend said, me. So what I told him, he said, oh, it's true. Then he said he has a friend. The friend told him that. Me, this type of pray, read your Bible, I don't have time. Oh. So I have somebody, when I need prayers, I go and, I go and pay him. Then he will pray for me. <laughs> yeah. I said, really? He said, oh, the, the guy told him that if I this type of wake up, read your Bible, pray to God, me, I don't have time. Be careful, eh? Lest you get to the gate of heaven and God says, I don't know you. Jesus said, who is my disciple? The one who hears my word and doeth it. Do you do the work of God? Do you do the word of God? Do you obey his voice? Do you follow him? Do you talk to him? Above all, does he talk to you? Do you hear his voice? Back to my uh, scripture. Rejection is an experience of being on the outside and looking longingly at those on the inside. Ah, but let me tell you something. Eh? Marriage. As those who are inside, they want to be outside. Though. Marriage is strange. Those on the outside want to be in, and those who are in want to be out. It's, it's a mystery. So those who are out there, eh, be cheerful you are out until you go in. <laughs> and those who are in, be cheerful you are in and don't go out. I'll say it again. Marriage. Those who are out want to be in. And those who are in want to be out. So, this is the agreement. If you are out, be cheerful. Jesus Christ said, be of good cheer that you are out so that you can go in. And if you are in, try and manage your in so that you are also cheerful. That's why after church, I'm going to teach Sharon how to do pole dance. Next week, Sunday, you see her husband sitting by him in church. You will watch. But if I teach you, you do it. If I say yes. <laughs> Finally, be careful of a demonic invasion that may offend you. Satan may attack you in a way that you didn't expect. Jesus told Peter, Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan had desire to attack you, sift you as wheat. Satan had decided to come against you but when you've overcome, strengthen your brothers. God expects you to overcome offense. Is it your husband who has let you down? Overcome it. You see, just tell yourself that 
I was loving my husband too much. And the Bible says, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. So the way I was loving him, God wasn't happy. So that God had made it Jamie Sulia so that I can give my heart to God fully. Then watch and see, are you now, the way you are loving your husband, your prayer life has gone down. Instead of talking to God, you are talking to him. So channel your anger to prayer. Your wife is not behaving as expected. Don't worry. Many years ago, God showed me that usually what offends you in somebody is how you also behave towards God. Whatsoever a man so that shall he do. You say your wife doesn't, uh, your husband doesn't give you money. Good. The first thing to do is check your tithe and offerings, whether you are also giving God what is due him. Usually you will, you will see that you are as guilty as what you are offended about. My husband doesn't talk to me when he comes home. He's moody, he's quiet. He just, check your prayer life. Do you also talk to God as he should? You see, the Bible says that uh, first of all, remove the beam in your own eye. Usually what you are angry with about somebody, you are guilty of the same. Usually what you are angry at about somebody, you are guilty of the same. My wife is not nice to me. Are you also nice to God? When was the last time you were alone and you sang a worship song to God? You say your wife doesn't worship you. You too, do you worship God? If you can check it, you will see that you are as guilty. Jesus said, Henceforth, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. Strong demonic attacks usually cause a fallout to occur. Bishop Wright, expect an onslaught of demonic activities. When there is a strong attack of demons in a church, it causes many things to happen. And one of them is offense. As the demons multiply in the church, there is strife, confusion in every evil way. Where you notice strife, quarrels, and confusion, you must accept that there are demons present stirring things up. So don't let that happen in your relationship. Don't let that happen in your marriage. That's what the Bible says. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Always be a peaceful person. The Bible says, Pursue, follow after peace with all men. The Lord is at hand. Look, it means that don't have time for quarrels. Somebody wants to quarrel with you. Say that you want to quarrel with me, but me, I don't want to quarrel with you. Recently, I said, somebody said he's quarreling with me, but I'm not quarreling with him. I sent him a message that look, it's costing you, not me. Come and let's make peace. We are, we are not enemies. Don't let the devil make us fight where there's no fight. Some of you, you are looking for quarrels in your marriage where there's no quarrel. Like one wife told me, my husband doesn't know how to quarrel. She said, quarreling with my husband is not nice. When you want to quarrel, he doesn't quarrel back. So like, you are angry, but he's not angry. It's not nice. A gang girl, she told me. <laughs> You're quarreling with my husband. That's not nice to quarrel. So I asked her, why do you want to quarrel with your husband? Then she said, sometimes the house is too quiet. <laughs> A gang girl. The house is too quiet. Like, there should be activity. <laughs> Movement. 
instead of being happy that there is peace, she said, the house is too quiet. So I stab something. So she said, sometimes you text me and then I don't text back. So, and I know he doesn't like it. So that like, when he comes, he'll be angry. Then like, we'll quarrel. Bible says follow after peace. Don't be offended. Bible says be offended but say not. 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 Let today be the last day of offense leading you into sin. Some of you have broken up precious relationships because you are offended. Left churches because you are offended with their pastor. Recently, somebody was offended with his pastor and he made a mistake to come and tell me. When he told me that he's offended with his pastor, I said, leave the church. Then, he said, oh yes, I wanted to come and see you. I wanted to say, leave the church. You, see, you don't even appreciate what has been done for you. Then I forwarded my chat with him to his pastor. I said, sack that boy. He went to his pastor to go and try. As soon as he entered, the pastor, as soon as he entered, I told him, oh, Apostle Thor said, he said, you want to leave the church. He said, oh, <coughs> I'm not really. Said, no, you must leave the church. You now we've been looking for a way for you to leave the church already. We can't find a way you have bought yourself. I said, I told the pastor, this is our opportunity. <laughs> this is our opportunity. Look, let me tell you something. Never allow somebody... Human beings are so prone to offense that anybody who cannot see good in you, don't keep the person around you. Anybody who cannot see good in you, do not keep the person. The Bible says, Philippians 4, says, therefore, my beloved brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, pure, lovely, just, and of good report, think about these things. It means that there will be dishonest things, but think about the honest ones. There will be lies, but think about the truth. There will be things that are bad reports, but think of the ones that are good reports. And you too, are you perfect? You too, are you always telling the truth? We are all sinners, but you, why do you always only see evil? Never keep, you see the Bible says, people shall be offended and shall betray. If you don't want anybody to betray you, don't keep offended people around you. You pay a high price. You think you're coming gossip about your pastor to me. I'm there. You, I mean, you chose the wrong pastor. You should have gone to uh, maybe Lady Pastor Jesslyn or some, gen, some gentle pastor or um, Sally. Or uh, Juliet. You come to complain about your pastor to me. So offended. I said, no. Suck him. He's offended. Do not keep offended people around you. That's why fight. Fight hard to live in peace. Fight. Devote your energies to live in peace with all men. When Jesus saw Judas, he never quarreled with him. He said, oh, let's eat together. Come, come, come. There's some bread. The one that I'll put my bread in. Oh, come and let's eat. You are offended? Go and hang yourself by yourself that the scripture should be fulfilled. 
I don't keep offended people that are around me. I'll just crawl, crawl you out. Then gently move away from you so I can live in peace with you. Anybody and everybody. Revelations 12, 11. As we stand to our feet. The Bible says, but they overcame. But they overcame. But they overcame. This is how you overcome offenses. By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives, even unto death. Today, if Jesus Christ said, woe unto the world of offenses, I want you to devote your life. Take a quality decision. Those watching on Facebook, take a quality decision to devote your life to overcoming offenses. Let it sweep you like a river. And by the time you see, you become a monster. You cannot even recognize how you fell so low. By the blood and by the word. For the past five or six weeks, we've been overcoming by the word of the testimonies of Jesus. But today, we want to add the blood, the supernatural aspect. John the Baptist was so offended. He was sick. The Messiah, sorry, he was in prison. The Messiah. Who said he came to say the captain is free? He didn't come and visit him. But John the Baptist paid a high price for being offended. Maybe as you join this church, in former church, the pastor was very prophetic and very hard. I see three witches. No, yesterday. Eh? I was listening to a prophet and I understood why their churches are full. He! It was so nice. Me, grab God, I'll join his church. He said, I can see that at your wedding there were three witches. Satan sent three witches to your wedding. And when you were exchanging your marriage vows, they also spoke during the vows. So it scattered your marriage. Hey! And so, because of that, you can't give birth. But I see two children coming. Esther and Joshua. <laughs> oh. I wonder if you join this church. But maybe as you've come to my church, you are also expecting me to see Esther and Joshua. But I've come telling you, be careful of offenses. They will destroy you. Be careful. Of uh, and protect yourself from being offended. I'm sharing the word of God, and you're expecting me to see Esther and Joshua coming. So maybe you are offended with my way of ministry, but be healed this morning and see the good in being in, in, see, in being taught how to overcome offenses. And see the blessedness of God here. And see the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is here. And how danger can come to you and overcome you like a flood. If you don't learn and you don't know and you are not guided into overcoming offense by the words that I have been preaching.
lift up your hands and pray to God as we close about offense. Cast your mind back. You know, as you pray, think back at things that have offended you. Maybe one day your father cursed you as a child and you've tried hard to forget that it ever happened. And today, maybe you have a good relationship with your father, but it keeps ringing a particular day when he cursed you. Maybe, maybe you don't want to use the word curse, but he said something and it's always in your mind and it affects your relationship with him. Cast your mind back. You see, the first step is don't deny that you are offended, that you may be healed. Cast your mind back. Maybe to a man who misled you and misused you. And you have blanked out the memory of that activity. But you know it is always there. It is always there. And once in a while, unconsciously, instinctively, it comes out. Comes up. And you can see that it affects you when it comes up. Where that may be, if it had been spoken to you by your brothers... Years ago, deep buried heads, deep buried wounds. Today is the day of your salvation. Maybe somebody who swindled you in a way that it changed the course of your life. Somebody who promised you and failed you and when the person promised you, you took decisions based on the promise and he, and he left you high and dry. It has affected even your trust your ability to trust. See how you cannot trust any longer. Maybe, maybe it was a pastor. You were in another church and you trusted the pastor there and you gave yourself to the pastor and he took advantage of you. Because of that, in your heart you have vowed never to trust pastors again. And because of that, as you've even come to church and you are here this morning, it is with a heart full of mistrust. So you cannot give yourself. And you are like a soccer ball in water. In water, but it's not affected by what, is, what it is in. Ask God to heal you that you may overcome by the blood of Jesus. And by the word, maybe it is a colleague in the office who lied and gossiped about you and then you were transferred. You were not sad, but you were transferred from that department and you know it was because of that person and you've not recovered from it. <laughs> maybe it was a lecturer who failed you in an exam when you were supposed to have passed because he wanted to sleep with you and you said no. So he altered your grades and it didn't take you to where you should be. Maybe somebody who lied about you one day and decisions were taken based on the lie. It has affected you and your ability to forgive that person is difficult. Today is a day of letting go. Today is a day of overcoming offense. 
Today is a new day. Maybe it was even your father who was supposed to have helped you, pushed you forward. Ah, Turaboshimaka. Maybe you were supposed to have traveled abroad. But your father didn't help you. Your biological father didn't help you. And so you didn't go. And you can see how it has affected you. Maybe all your brothers and sisters are abroad. But when it was time for you to go, your father didn't do what he had to do. Let it go. Overcome. Overcome. Hear the word of the Lord. Overcome. In the name of Jesus. Murashibalaba sumikataya. Oh, let the wind of the Holy Ghost blow offense and hurt deep-seated wounds out of our hearts. Kashumekala, maybe one day you were hospitalized as a child because you were beaten at home in a way that injured you and you were hospitalized. You've never forgotten it. Let it go. Release your offender. Like Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they did. Let it go. Ah, maybe in secondary school, a senior abused you. Try hard as you do. It, it doesn't go away. And hatred boils up within you when you think about it. Maybe in secondary school, a senior abused you. Tapola Masian Makatofala. Bible says today is the day of salvation. There's somebody here, you have trust issues. You find it difficult to trust anybody at all because of experiences you've been through. The word trust is a frightening word to you. To trust is a frightening idea. Because every time you've trusted, it has led to a tragedy. So you find it advantageous and almost protective. Your mistrust protects you. Your inability to trust is like a defense mechanism for you. But it is also preventing you from having fulfilled, fulfilling relationships. Because you can only trust to a low point. So you are not able to benefit fully from relationships that are supposed to be a blessing to you. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, Jesus was also deeply offended, deeply wounded by one of his close disciples who he trusted. Jesus trusted his disciples. And the closest of them all betrayed him. The Bible says he took the blood. Maybe Jesus also took the blood to help him to overcome the offense of Judas. Maybe Jesus also by the blood overcame. Bible says he took the blood and when he had given thanks 
he lifted it and said, so he took the bread and when he gave thanks, he said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. As you eat this wafer today, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the miracle meal of the communion. We lift up these wafers before you and say, we thank you that this is your body. This doesn't represent your body. This is not symbolic of your body. This is your body. Broken for us. That all the brokenness in us that we carry around may be healed. Because by your stripes in your body that you took for us, you purchased our healing. This morning, I pray for the miracle of healing for wounded hearts. Long-standing offenses in our souls that we grapple with, that we try hard and we struggle to overcome, that unconsciously direct our actions and our thoughts into evil destinations. I ask the name of Jesus that as we eat your body, we overcome every brokenness in spirit, every brokenness in soul. This morning we say we let it go. This morning we say it is over. This morning we say it is finished. This morning we say tetelestai, it is finished. Just as Jesus said it is finished. For your word says that surely there is an end. Let today be the end of every long-standing offense. Kapola Sumaya that has changed us into the sweet beans that you've called us to be into unrecognizable versions of your perfect will for our lives. I say, never again. As their pastor, as their shepherd, I say never again over everybody watching by Facebook, watching by YouTube. I pray also for all those on YouTube. I say never again, never again, never again. Never again. We go forth from today as conquerors and overcomers of offense by the blood. I thank you that offense shall not come twice. That the wounded are healed by your body. In Jesus' name. The body of Christ. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. The blood that Jesus shed. And he said, this blood signifies and ratifies and brings into effect a new covenant that is sealed in my blood. From today, I wish you a new life. From today, I wish you a new spirit. 
from today I wish you a new soul I hear the voice of the spirit saying void of offense void of offense void of offense I, I impart and I impute to you a new soul all things are passed away all things are become new I say never again as you drink the blood of Jesus may a new beginning be ushered in from today the offense of yesterday shall not haunt you any longer the offense of yesteryears shall not affect you and influence you any longer oh I impart to you the spirit of a new creature you are made new this morning by the power of the blood by the power of the blood I say never again the offense that you see today yesterday yesteryear you shall see no more in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost by reason of the blood you are purged from all offense and by the time the next offense comes this blood acts as a protective this blood acts as a protective to insulate you from all future offenses may you walk in good cheer as you drink the blood the blood of Jesus honestly in my spirit I feel like God is birthing us anew God is giving us new souls healing for your wounded souls especially especially also somebody watching me on the internet you can relate with what I'm saying more than even those in the room I speak for healing into your soul come back come back home come back home says the Lord come back home today all offense ceases the pain of years gone by ceases in the name of the father I declare you free in the name of the son I declare you free and in the name of the Holy Spirit I declare you free and I say never again in Jesus name Amen and with every head bowed and with every eye closed maybe somebody invited you to church but this morning you want to surrender to Jesus you want to be born again ah you want your name to be written in the book of life and to start afresh with God if you are here like that just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you I see your hand my brother I see your hand my sister you want to start a new life in God or you want to rededicate your life to God maybe you are already a Christian but you want to also start afresh and rededicate your life to God lift up your hand also and I'll pray with you if there's anyone you've lifted up your hand, please, Ashes, help us. Please walk to me in front and we'll pray together. But I still help. Please come to me in front. Oh, clap for them as they come. New relationship with God. All things are passed away. Behold, 
all things shall become new. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to say this prayer after me and I want the rest of the congregation to join us. Say, Lord Jesus, this morning, I come to you just as I am. I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me for all my sins and wash me with your precious blood. This morning, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my personal Savior. Say, Holy Spirit, please come and live in me and help me, strengthen me to live the life of a Christian all the days of my life. Say, Heavenly Father, please write my name in your book of life so that when I die, I will come to heaven. From today, I am born again. I will follow Jesus the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. And amen. Clap your hands together. Please go with our lady pastor. She will talk to you for two minutes. Oh, clap for them as they go. God bless you as you take your seats. I speak these words over you never again. From today until you die, may you be an overcomer of offense. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen.